I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, as you have become used to them, Super Producer Brandon Newman and Fox Sports writer and college football reporter Charlotte Wilder. Friends, what's going on? Mike, how you doing? Are you off IR? Yeah, I, man, I guess for the sake of today's podcast, we could call this injury designation because, boy, oh, boy, it's been a wild 24 hours for everybody involved here. Uh, apologies to everyone yesterday uh, as there was no podcast we put out on Twitter. Your boy caught some sort of either 24-hour bug or food poisoning and just happened to do it the night the Dallas freaking Cowboys were playing Tom Brady on the Monday night football version of Super Wildcard Weekend. Like, Brandon, from a content perspective, not many ways I could have messed that up worse than I did. Uh, I think the game handled it for you, though. Like, if anyone uh, is that make is that fair? Like, I feel like whatever we saw, if anyone saw that before they turned on their uh, video games and just tuned out, they wouldn't expect much from Gojo the next day. No, there there was nothing really nothing nothing to say about it. We're, we're gonna say some stuff about it, but like, it didn't have to be said. 
No, it certainly didn't have to be said in the immediacy there. So we will get to uh, that. We got a great show today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Five-star rating, all that good stuff. And check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Uh, we are going to get to reactions from that. Uh, a pair of old uh, NFL quarterbacks trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with the rest of their lives. And the top five celebrities we would want to be in a booth at a sporting event with based on what we saw last night. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I say injury designation because obviously I was down for the count in a way where we couldn't do this show. Brandon, you are also limping into today, uh, coming off as anyone who's watching on YouTube can see with your very festive, although I would say tasteful and understated birthday party hat. You survived a one-year-old's birthday party yesterday. How was that? Whew. Yay. <laughs> yeah, happy um, birthday to your one-year-old yes, son, yes, Mac. We're very yes, excited for you. him. Yes, happy thank birthday, you. Thank Mac. you so much. Happy birthday, Mac J. Just beautiful little Capricorn he is. Um, yeah, that was a lot, Mike. I, I don't want to say your injury was well-timed in my life, but I used all of those hours for things that I had no business. I, I didn't want to – not that I didn't want. It's a lot. It's a lot. Because the birthday is one thing, but I got my passport, my my big boy driver's license as well during that time period. I had to go to the courthouse. Anytime you go into a courthouse, talking about the mm-hmm. quantum realm, it, it, it just it was a lot of errands yesterday. Capped off with the birthday party with him, you know, smash cake, eating the stuff, and bedtime was a nightmare. So, yeah, I just my mind, my mind. God bless. Say your prayers. Did, peace. Did, was this peace. a kind of was this a kind of birthday one year old birthday party where you had other one year olds? There? Hell no. Hell okay. no. Hell no. Okay. I don't think that happens post-COVID, but I also don't think that happens uh, for like the first Like, you don't have friends party. when you're one. Yeah, like, so the first one, like, is, like, literally just, like, for the pictures, for the, like, pomp and circumstances. So, like, when he looks back, you can see, like, we celebrated a little bit, but, like, <laughs> they're not going to remember it. Like, on any of that, so, like, we're not, we didn't well, do like, anything big. Your one-year-old's birthday party seems like more of a celebration for you, the parents. Like, we kept this child alive through the first year where it is more dependent on us than it will ever be. Yes. I I realized my issue with parenting and what I was getting it wrong was I'm thinking of it like a job where I just cash the check and the check is them staying alive for a whole other year versus, like, immersing myself in the process and, and, and getting better as uh, I learn and grow. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm rethinking about how I'm attacking it, but I was I was attacking the whole thing the wrong way. Well, I remember you talked about, like, obviously, how old's Carter again? Is he three now? He'll be, he'll be three in March. So, so Carter's almost three years old. And, yeah. like, you've started to see his personality. And, like, God, he is basically just mini you. It's actually terrifying and hilarious to see how similar he is to you. But one of our good friends, uh, Trevor Robinson, who was a teammate of ours in college, said it to me best one time, is early on, like the first year or two, your pass-fail grade as a parent is, is this child alive? <laughs> That's basically mm, all you've got to be responsible for. Then after yeah. a certain point... It's your job to make sure they're not an asshole. And that's a much yes. harder in a lot of ways process than just keeping the baby alive. And, and speaking, but going back to what Charlotte said about having other kids around, that's when that gets tested. Like when you mm. have other kids around and then one kid's hand is elbow deep in the cake that's not theirs. It's like, okay, whose parents? Like what is going on here? What went wrong when? Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Listen, hard. I don't want to do this. It's hard. I don't know. I'm. It's impossible, and I don't wish yeah. it. Okay. Let me not go there. <laughs> this is almost the second time you've said this on this podcast. This Brandon Newman famously said, I don't Wait, wish this on anybody, meaning parenthood. Oh, okay. My God. And we and we saw that coming, but guess who can see things coming a little bit better? How about Ms. that? Miss Charlotte Wilder. Yes, yeah. because speaking of carrying an injury designation, Charlotte Wilder had gone the first three decades of her life apparently not being able to see in a way that was safe for herself or everyone around her. Charlotte, uh, congrats on the glasses. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know when I'm questioning everything I know about myself, basically, at this point, because it happened when... Um, I was driving. I I knew it was bad. I knew I had to do something about it when I was driving this fall from Atlanta to Athens, Georgia, and it was nighttime. My plane landed. I was there for college football, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't read the road signs, the giant green highway signs. Where And so, and I was also having trouble reading the smaller print on the GP on like Apple CarPlay being like, I couldn't match up, like turn on this road to the road sign. And I was like, this isn't safe for me. It's not safe for anybody else on the road. I also don't know where I'm going to end up because, but, you know, figured it out. Um, And I'd known that I couldn't really see much. Like I would ask people, I'd be like, can you see that score on the game? And they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, huh, interesting. Or I'd be like, can you read that? Can you read that speed limit sign? And they'd be like, yes. And I'd be like, okay. Um, So I finally decided to do something about it. And I go in and she's like doing the eye test. And she was like. Shout out to optometrists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It honestly, like, what a great job because I almost started crying when I could. She, when I could see, like, she would flip some of the yep. things, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can see it!" And I was like, "Sorry, I don't mean to get emotional." And she was like, "She was like, first of all, you have a really low prescription." She was like, "It's not like I was acting right, as though yes. like I had I had some major corrective experience." She was like, "I had LASIK, and your eyes are like what my eyes are now." And I was like, ah, well, don't rain on my parade. Like, I'm feeling really good about this. But I walked out of the store, and apparently I have astigmatism, too, which I didn't read. My eyes are shaped funny. Yeah. And I'm walking out of the store. I didn't realize you have to get used to glasses. It was like the it was like the ground was moving under me and because my depth perception was all off. So I must have looked like... Like I was on mushrooms to anybody watching me <laughs> trying to walk down the street. I came home and I was like, I don't think these, I don't know if these are right. And then but, I read, yeah, you have to get used to it. Well, you're, are you obsessed with them now? Because once you are able to see, it gets a little addictive. Yes, it's incredible. And also though, she was like, don't use them for reading or for like stuff up close. And I was like, okay, but. So I sort of, whenever I read, if you're watching on YouTube, whenever I look at my phone, I do this, and my glasses sort of rest on my forehead. Oh, you're seeing And then you're, I bring them down. But, like, I can see you guys a lot better than I could ever see you guys before. Charlotte, that arch, where to put your glasses on top of your head is an art form. And if you want any tips on it, no one has perfected it quite like my dad, who has reached the age now, my dad just turned 60, to where he's got his normal glasses and his readers. And so mm-hmm. you'll see him on the couch Ooh. at times with not one, but two sets of glasses <laughs> perched on his head. Thankfully, he's got a thick, rich, full head of hair. So that part gets to hold one in place. And then the furrowed right. brow does the other one. But he is God tier when it comes to managing to hold his glasses while he needs to do something else. I might hit him up for some 
some tips. Now, one thing that his generation does do is they have the readers just at the bottom where you just are looking down. Progressive. No, not the progressive. Just no. like what well, it is. It's kind of like progressive. But it's the just it's not the shade oh, bifocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bifocals. Yeah, bifo- thank you. That's what it is. Bifocals where the readers are at the bottom where it's like, you know, magnifying glass when you look down, but if you look up awesome. whatever your prescription is. Charlotte, you seem like a real contender. Have you ever thought about now in the limited time you've had glasses, the ones that break away in the middle? So if you wanted to do those, you can just snap <laughs> them away and then put them down to the side. That feels like peak efficiency. That might be the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Charlotte, you seem like a real candidate for the nerdiest classes possible. Uh, I don't you think they're nerdy. Hey, no, look, my uncle has them. My uncle has them. I think they're the coolest things I've ever seen. Pull them apart. Put them around your neck. Pull them back. I mean, yeah, I might have to get a pair. I'm not even kidding. I think they're... It, they're like they're like the Crocs of glasses. Oh God! Then it, I really I did that. bully you. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. But it's I like cro- but like Crocs are cool. Yeah. Now they. Are. By by it's, the way, Charlotte, this yeah. is the first. So this is the first time you've ever had glasses in your life. I was trying to think if like. I had known anyone else like this, and then I realized we did this story in August. Tony Jefferson, that defensive back with the Ravens, who yes. tweeted out, I can't even lie, I stopped wearing my glasses years ago, and that might have been the dumbest thing I've done. I can see so much clearer and further with my glasses. It's wild. So hey, while he rejected the prescription he had, you at least yeah. were in brothers in arms with someone who waited till later in life to go ahead and correct it. It's awesome. I I almost recommend it because it's like setting the lowest bar for yourself. And then you in your 30s, you get to, you know, like I'm not you don't lose teeth anymore. You don't get to grow new teeth. You're not like you're not growing. You're not getting new shoes because you have to like there's something fun about growing. And this is the closest I've felt to that. Um, So, you know, and I'm I'm the old man here. Y'all better go see an optometrist. You don't know what's going on with them eyes. Because I got astigmatism, too. I, I realize that I need, like, my eyes get dry. I need water, eye drops just to keep shit lubricated. Like, oh, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that goes on oh, with the yeah. eyes. Too much pressure going on in your eyes. Yeah. I almost thought I had, uh, they, they thought I had, uh, I almost said, <laughs> I almost, I was, they almost, they thought I had glaucoma, but I almost said gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a weird conversation to have with your optometrist. (laughs) Like, like Brandon, this didn't come up in any of the tests that we ran, but... uh, It's it's getting to your eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, But it 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 does feel very nerdy, though. I will say that, like, Mike... Had, has had LASIK. I remember the day mm-hmm. he got him. I was like, oh, damn, Mike got LASIK. But I, I, my talking to bring it back to my child, Mac, I think he will be a bully, unfortunately, growing up because, like, whenever I wear my glasses, he smacks them off my face like I'm a little kid. Like, he, like, wants to shove me in a locker, but he can't because I'm holding him. But he's just like, get them shits off. Like, you dumbass. Get the <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> nerd. Nerd, dad. Okay, there you guys. go. You can't, you have, have to make sure your kid's not an asshole, but maybe you can't choose if they're a bully or not maybe that's just innate yeah learn learn learned in the womb but uh you know what proud of everyone for overcoming obstacles to get here today uh great stuff by everyone involved here speaking of people learning things in their advanced age let's talk about tom brady getting (laughs) sunned in the super wild card weekend weekend monday night football round charlotte you brought it up 
So I picked the Cowboys to win this game. I picked the Cowboys to win with the spread in this game. And at no point did I ever feel good about that choice. Because the looming specter of Tom Brady has been the hell that's haunted most of our lifetimes. Sans New England fans like yourself who have grown up enjoying Tom Brady and the spoils of war that he brings home. But for the rest of us, it's been like watching the inevitable happen every so often. And to watch that happen on that kind of stage... Based on what Tampa had been this year, shouldn't have been surprising, but somehow still was. Like, Charlotte, as someone who has consumed Tom Brady as a football player for the majority of your adult lifetime here, is that the close? Like, I'd imagine that's what it's like for someone to watch their dad get beat up. Like, I always said that that's, like, the most jarring thought to me is watching my dad get his ass whooped in public. That has to be the closest thing for people that are Brady fans, what happened last night. Yeah, I was going to go a step further and say, like, that's what it feels like to realize God doesn't exist. You're like, you, 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 like, we're. Wow. I, we're I'm really alone on this I space ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like, I, mean, I oh, feel you, though. You know, like, death taxes and Tom Brady. And once, when you take one, it, it, I mean, I think what it all comes down to, I think we're all actually much more egotistical about athletes than we will admit because it's a marker of our own mortality. So for me, you know, having watched Tom Brady play football, what, 23 years now, 20, whatever, you know, most of my life, you know, he came along when I was nine or 10. Um, If he stops, if he had stopped at a normal time, I would have been like, wow, what a great run. Like I loved Tom Brady, but he kept going so long that like, if he stops playing football or being good at football, then like, what does that mean for the rest of us? It's like such an unfathomable thing. And the thing is, I don't think he's going to stop. And and that also makes me very sad because yeah, you got to know think, when to leave the party. I think we are just all way more aware of it now. And I think part of it's the world, right? Like social media, the increase in access, Tom Brady's increased presence on places outside of the football field. Now, he became one of those athletes that was a brand overall. We know it's quite literally with the clothing line and the TB12 stuff, but he started to transcend sports in a way that very few people get to, especially in a team helmet sport like football. Mm -hmm. And so he's become much more invasive in our lives overall. But yeah, that's just it. Like Once we started seeing those moments happen more often, like after San Francisco whooped their ass earlier this season, and you've got Fred Werner and Dre Greenlaw going up to him after the game, full-on fangirling. Like, this is amazing. We have dreamed of this. Once we're around long enough for that to be normalized behavior for everybody, the whole thing hits different. Totally. I also think that he... um, I want him to stop because I don't... I I don't ever want to see... You don't want it to get sad. You don't want to start feeling like... Well, this is my question. Is it sad? Like if you gave Tom if you gave Tom Brady's entire career to someone and said, "Hey, eventually your marriage will fail and eventually like that'll be a reality of your life." I won't even say when because if Tom Brady got divorced year 3 into the NFL and then had this career, wouldn't hit nearly the same, wouldn't feel nearly the same. But if that was the value prop for most people where it said, "Hey, this will be the end result for you here, but you'll get all of this." I feel like 99% of humanity's taking Tom Brady's life and career at this point, right? I wasn't I, I wasn't even saying like like personal life sad. I I mean like athlete like I I want to I I find it it's like don't I don't want to see you like this. Like I don't want to oh, see like, you Oh, like like Emmett Smith in a Cardinals jersey. 
Yeah, I don't want to see you get absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys whose kicker misses every kick. Like, that wasn't even a factor in the game because... And 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 it wasn't sure. like, you know, Tom Brady's team didn't play well around him. Like, he sucked. And I was like, I don't want to... I don't want to watch. I don't want that for him. For for me, I had to. It's also such a sickness being a being like a Tom Brady fan or being a New England fan for that long that I couldn't turn the game off. I watched the entirety of that mm-hmm. horrible game because I was like, if this is it, I need to watch him walk off the field. I watch SVP to see his press conference. It's like it's like a real. He's like such a. Regardless of what you think of him or what you think you think of him, if you were a Pats fan and he brought you the greatest sports joy sustained that will ever probably exist, it's like you can't unplug from that. But you also weren't supposed to, and he gave you a reason to come back because I what is it four minutes left in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Mike Evans drops a touchdown that after they complete an onside kick, one of the umpteenth, how many ever onside kicks that have actually been uh successful this season like tom brady was still in it and if it wasn't for mike evans always dropping one of tom brady's deep balls and that's i true. think that's true. as much as i want to say tom brady was bad which he was bad that defense or not excuse me that offense like it was stagnant it was boring like it seemed like everyone had no air no juice in the room even at that big Raymond James Stadium home game uh, for this wild card. Like, it, I want to say stick a fork in him, he's done. But what we saw was a disjustice and a disservice to his ability because yeah. of whatever well, Todd Bowles had out there. Well, I think, too, like, what we saw was also predictable <laughs> given the formula going in. Cowboys defensive line versus a Tampa Bay offensive line that had been banged up and injured since before the season. Got Ryan Jensen back, who had been their starter during the Super Bowl run, is the driving force, one of the leaders on that team, but hadn't played all year long, just came off IR, and then played in this game. It wasn't going to be perfect. You had to reshuffle more guys around that group, and you're going up against one of the best pass rushing units in the NFL. And what did we see? Kind of like, I want to say it was 2015 Brady, when the Broncos were going to the Super Bowl that year, and he was under duress every single play. And Tom Brady is many things, but a mobile quarterback capable of doing what Dak Prescott did on the other side, which is get your team out of trouble when there is pressure and find a way to make plays that's not Tom's bag and so when you do what Dallas was able to do to him up front it's going to render even the quarterback as great and accomplished as he is pretty obsolete against that kind of issue that I think Dallas was uniquely positioned to cause for him so when you look at Tom Brady overall this season I don't think there was necessarily a bad player it definitely wasn't vintage Brady we're past that but I know he set his, you know, the completions record or broke his own completions record this season. Like, there's probably a couple more years of balling, dude. And to bring in, like, his personal life and everything else, I don't... If last year wasn't enough to get him to stop, I don't know what about the formula of this season would also be the thing that got him to stop going out in the way that he did now and having the trajectory going forward where he's going to be an unrestricted free agent that gets to choose his next destination on top of that. I think you guys are right. I think I spoke... I think I spoke too emotionally as um, a former Patriots fan because I think when you get used to a magician, um, 
if he can't pull out magic tricks in even the most dire of circumstances, it's very easy to think, oh, well, he doesn't have it. And yet at the same time, I like after the game, I was like, okay, he's going to go play for another team and he's going to be great if they surround him with the right pieces because it reminded me, yes, 2015 Brady, which I cried on my parents' couch after that game. I'm not proud of it. Um, when they lost to... Was it the AFC Championship? Was that yeah, the, I, I think um, I forget if it was the division of the championship, but I think it was to Denver I, that year. Yeah, it was either divisional round or or, or cha- I think it was the championship. But I, it also reminded me of 2019 Brady of his last game with the Pats mm. against the Dolphins, which was just like ugly. And I was like, oh my god, is he done? And like he might not ever be done. But at, at what point? I I think part of it just amazes me because like I'm as we've established 33 year old with glasses and if i like you know do a particularly difficult 20 minute bar workout i feel like i got hit by a truck and i can't imagine getting literally hit by a 300 pound man at the age of 46 what is he 45 46 it's just like I, unfathomable by, by the way i think it is 44. funny that last night he could have in theory gotten hit by a literal bar since anthony Barr plays linebacker for the cowboys <laughs> Ooh, there you go like yeah it. so i no, I, that it, it makes total sense um and you heard 45 excuse me yeah no 45 it's uh it's how it's how you become in range for a movie like 80 for brady to be made about your life <laughs> right. um but is how, how impressive is it really like i know you have a point but this is a stupid one so you'll save that one uh is it really impressive when in fact it's just like it's like smokers are going to smoke like Brady's going to play football like he's yeah. addicted to his vice yes. it is football he does it like I want to be impressed but he's kind of well made his life so all he has to do is this well I, I it's interesting like the obsession that you need to be great at this level I heard JJ Reddick talking uh with uh Quentin Richardson and them on uh, the Knuckleheads podcast and hearing J.J. Redick, who, again, J.J. Redick was a really good NBA player. He's by no means in the cast of players, you know, the group of players that we talk about with LeBron, like the upper levels that would be in the Tom Brady category of players. But he's still great enough. And listening to him talk about his offseason regiment where he said, as soon as our season ended, my offseason started the next Monday. I took X amount of shots every Sunday during my offseason. I had my naps planned out during the day. Like everything was down to the minute. And he said when he stopped playing, it was because he couldn't physically keep up with his offseasons anymore. He wasn't willing to do all that work anymore. And with Tom Brady, we know part of this has been a little bit more of a balancing act, right? He had the 40 days off when he was retired this offseason. He got the time off in the middle of training camp to go you know, handle whatever business he had to during that time. So Tampa has met him halfway on some of those things, but this is clearly a guy that still enjoys that portion of things a lot. And pretty much every player will tell you that's the thing that ends up retiring you even far before whatever starts happening to you on the field does. I think it's definitely an obsession situation and I think it's a control situation and I think it's, you know, a a perfectionist situation. And I feel, I can't remember if I've said this to you guys before, but in 2017, I, profiled Chris Long which is sort of how we ended up becoming friends because after I wrote about him um, I was we just sort of kept in touch and I remember I was in his apartment then in Philly you know his wife Megan was there his two boys or maybe just one boy at that point I don't know and I you know we were doing we'd gone to the Eagles facility that day we'd done a bunch we went to Whole Foods which was hilarious going to Whole Foods with Chris Long I highly recommend it um, and 
I asked him, you know, I said something like, are you scared of injuries or, or of, you know, what could happen to you playing? And, and he looked at me and he said, no, I'm not afraid of any of that. I'm afraid of the void. And I said, what? And he said, mm. the void. He was like, it's what I'm staring into, which is that we're, we are, he and I are not too far apart in age. And he was like, but you basically, your career is just starting. Like you have the rest of your life to do this and get good at this. Like mine is ending. And then it's like, what do I do? And to be, I, I feel like Tom Brady is trying to transcend his own, not his mortality, but just his physical reality of his body because he knows the game so well. He sees the field like it's a chessboard. And why would you stop doing that if you can still see it, you know? I've heard a lot. Of, I, I forget if it was Philip Rivers or if it was Peyton Manning at the end of his career, but essentially the sentiment offered by one of them was, I've now played long enough, to your point, Charlotte, to have a lot of the answers to the test. And if physically I can still go out there and take the test, then why yeah. would I rob myself of the time where I'm finally getting the benefit of all of those years, almost you know, in decade, you know, decades plus for some of these guys, of the hard work that's gotten me to that point now, to where my mind has been allowed to catch up to what my body's been able to do for so long. It's got to be intoxicating when you feel like, oh, I finally got this. I finally got this nailed. But then your body starts to decay too fast for you to take advantage of it. And if you're Tom Brady, you're probably looking at everything like, I had one of the biggest distractions of my life happen to me this mm -hmm. past year, right? Like in, and they the still divorce, got to the playoffs, right? As a wild card because because he's a little bit of an, an inevitable being. So I think that yes, he he has an opportunity to try again. But I do look at the team that takes him slightly thirsty. Like they have to be thirsty well, to take a time a forty five year old Tom Brady at this point. They're it's trying interesting. to sell jerseys too. Well, that's I'm why I'm not kidding. Like it's a, it's a marketing. It's it's a chance to get Texans like right back up the Brinks truck. Well, like yeah. and that's the thing is like Tom Brady's a free agent, so he's going to have choice in where he goes on this, and that's why the pull of who would want him most versus where he would want to be most is fascinating. And I think the simplest answer is Tampa again. Like when that roster gets healthier, I think it's in a much better place. I know that Todd Bowles came out and refuted some reports that they were going to part ways with Byron Leftwich, but I feel like that's a change that now that we've started to see that information leak out will probably be made. And so some of the questions about what happened on offense this year are going to have to be addressed. But like Brandon and Charlotte, to your point about trying to sell jerseys, Raiders make an infinite amount of sense for that reason, yeah. right? Mark Davis has been looking for someone to be the face of that franchise since he brought John Gruden over as the head coach. They just parted ways with Derek Carr. They've got a new coach in Josh McDaniels, who obviously has a ton of familiarity with Tom. And you've got Ooh. great offensive weapons you could sell him. But overall on yeah. the team, like, why would Tom want to go there? You're on a team that's trying to get on the way up, but clearly hitting a bit of a restart. And you're in a division where Patrick Mahomes still lives right now. Not a place that I don't think, especially Tom, who for a long time now has been used to, whether it was in New England, the AFC East for all those years, or the last couple of years in the NFC South, is used to having opportunities potentially like this year, where you don't have to be the greatest team in the world, but the rest of the division is so bad that you can find your way into the postseason as long as you don't totally F it up. Also, he, you know, sure his family life might be slightly more streamlined now, but it's certainly not less complicated. Like he still is going to want to mm. be near his kids. He's still, you know, his yep. son, Jack, I'm pretty sure is being raised in New York. Who knows where 
you know, Giselle and the kids are going to be. And it feels a little, I, I don't know. I, I don't like talking about that sort of thing because it yeah. feels a little crass and speculative. But I do think in this situation of being like, where is someone going to go in the interest of looking at athletes as whole people, even if they seem godlike in myth status, you know, for better or for worse, as Brady is, he still does have these very real human things that like, are you going to go across the country to Vegas? Like, can you do that? Maybe. Well, who, who knows? But the, I, I do think those things factor in. The only cross-country place that I could see into <laughs> the point of, like, what Brady would want the most, San Francisco. Yeah. Like, it's a place that's got right, a lot of you know, quarterback volatility right now, even if you think they found something with Brock Purdy. It's the most quarterback-solvent offense in pro sports right now. Yeah. All the childhood ties for Tom. It's a championship-ready team. It's a championship contender this year. That defense, the offense, Kyle is a play caller. All those things could adequately absorb Tom Brady, keep him in the range of the place he wants to be right now while in the NFC West, you know, you've got the Cardinals trying to figure their stuff out. The Rams might be on the verge of a to- you know, uh, or at least in a very com- comprised, compromised position, even with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford coming back, and the Seahawks and the Geno Smith era, we'll see where that goes. But it would be the most advantageous position for Tom Brady. I'm just not sure at this point with how quarterback agnostic Kyle Shanahan shown himself to be if that organization wants to take the resources they need and put it on a one year no, maybe they're desperate enough mountain maybe they're if they don't win the Super Bowl this year they keep saying man we've been close however many times we feel like we might be worried about the end of whenever this cycle goes and we want to swing hard for one more chance maybe that works but I don't feel like the 49ers would be inclined to make that move based on what they've been doing I'd be shocked well, as as ugly as it looked against the Cowboys, it was really a result of Dak Prescott looking amazing. And I'm not trying to change the subject just yet, but I mean, like Charlotte said, with it getting ugly with Brady, is there a reality to us not even getting that season where it gets really ugly with Brady? And before that, he just takes his seat as a backup? Like, is there any reality he's, to that? He's never going to be a backup. He'll no. never stick around long enough in the league to be a backup. No, that's I'm talking. I'm not. I'm talking about next year. Like on a on a team that is contending. Like we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers later, but it's no point in playing it unless you're going to win the whole thing, right? Like Tom Brady has a better chance. I'm saying being competitive on a on a, a backing up a Rams team or or getting beat out for the at the 49ers. No. Just sick on the roster. I'd be, no, that ki- no. that guy's going to retire before he's a backup. Yeah, would be my read the the ultra bloodthirsty competitor will not go out (laughs) that way too especially i mean all of these guys that are fortunate in that tier of players to be legacy conscious they all at some point i'd imagine start to think about that stuff and whether it's pride or anything else none of it will let him get close to that but it's so interesting to think about knowing when to leave the party i once had a friend tell me not as a sports analogy like completely just talking about when you should leave parties is that you should leave a party when you're still having fun and you should leave a party Mm. when like you don't really quite want to leave the party yet but like if you leave then you're just gonna have the best memories of it and then you might get a little bit more sleep and maybe you drink a little bit less and for me that would have been after he won with tampa like, if I had been Brady, I would have been like, you know what? I think I proved literally everything I have to prove, which is why, to me, it's not about proving anything. It's that he can't stop and that he could prove more and that he there's this obsessive quality to it where it's like 
he's like, well, why would I leave the party if I could win another Super Bowl? Because ostensibly, he still could now. He could go to a team next year and win the goddamn, excuse my language, Super Bowl. And, like, that's insane, but I believe that. He threw 66 passes yesterday. That's or insane. not yesterday, Monday Night Football. Yeah. It's... He's he's still Tom Brady. That's why we watch. That's why we care. Right. That's why he's good. He's good. I know. It's just nuts. It's just absolutely nuts. I have trouble, like, as much as I've reported on him, as much as I've thought about him, as much as he's impacted my life as a sports fan, um, I cannot, I still, I'm just like, what is going on? Okay. Is there, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care about him but i think there are some places legacy conscious mike is talking about it that he just can't go because no one would ever expect him to see him there like there are some places it's just like a no-go because the franchise doesn't isn't worthy of him i can't go to the texans i just want to do it based on what uniform he would look the worst in at this point Mm. like could you imagine the Texans seeing Tom Brady in the Seahawks action green uniforms. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Wait, commanders? you know, I always think of whenever I see those commanders, no, oh my God. Whenever I think of the, whenever I see the Seahawks, you know, color rush, RIP, um, neon green uniforms, I think of James and the Giant Peach because they described all these little green glowing worms that lived inside the peach or something. And I it, anyway, so that's how my brain works. What about you guys? <laughs> Listen, I don't want to bring it back Great up, film. but I mean me suggesting the glasses that snap apart in the middle doesn't seem that far off now. Yeah. Oh God, I walked right into that one. Okay. Anyway. By the way, uh with all this Brady talk, shout out to Dak Prescott who played one of his best games at the most important juncture he could have possibly played it at and should hopefully buy him some grace. I saw Ryan Rossillo tweeted something to the effect of Twitter is a place where we read a book and try to judge after every page, whether it's the best or worst book ever read. And I think a lot of that is the experience of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, especially Dak Prescott, where after every single pass you throw, we will try and render that judgment. And Dak Prescott, who's been largely very good during his Cowboys tenure, but has just suffered an ill that is much older than him in Cowboys land, which is not being able to win meaningfully in the postseason finally got over that hump a bit and just in general I think he played an incredible game where his feet as much as anything were on display both taking off and running and moving around as a passer Kellen Moore called one of his best games where it was balanced almost stubbornly balanced in a way that we've been asking them to do ever since Cooper Rush was quarterbacking while Dak Prescott was hurt and then the defense looked like the normal defense you had the one scare where Micah Parsons before halftime looked like he was a little lame coming up from uh, an injury there but Overall, incredible marks across the board. The only bad part was Brett Maher going one of five on extra points in this game in a way that felt deeply uncomfortable to watch after the third one. Brandon, you brought it up. We were all getting to sit there and say, well, I'm sure that won't come back to haunt them. And it didn't because they whooped their ass so thoroughly it didn't matter, but that was stunning. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. 
Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. I thought it was brilliant when the NFL moved the extra point back because we got this. Because when it mm. happened, like the doinks and all the things that happened, like the, they really did make NFL games more intriguing and all those things matter a lot more because I, I forgot whatever the yard line was before but it was too automatic like this has been amazing ever since they just moved it back a little bit and i i love i love a nice missed kick because kickers i love it i just when something like that happens i think the whole everybody watching that game you're just like cringing so hard like it's so like I had it's so uncomfortable. That's what it is. Like you're like, there's no way he misses a fourth one, and then he missed a fourth one, and you know, I do think that it's a testament to the game the Cowboys played um, that that didn't matter. I think everyone's like, oh, you know, talking about will it come back to haunt him with Brady or what? It didn't because the Cowboys came and and they did what they had to do. And and to bring it back to Dak for a second. The fact that he's a first quarterback since Troy Aikman to win a road playoff game. And and it, this is one of those things where, you know, as much as I think about fans or do whatever this job of mine is, I cannot believe how popular the Cowboys are. Like whatever marketing magic Jerry Jones contains is out of control because they are the most popular team and they have sucked. They've absolutely sucked. And so to, to it on some level, you know, like I kind of hate the Cowboys, but I also kind of just want their reality to match up to their vibe yeah. at this point. So I'm almost like, yeah. good, like go win, win the Super Bowl. I don't even care. Make it just if that's what it's going to take to make it make sense, then like go for it. So I can reconcile this in my own brain for yeah. once. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the same thing with the Rams when they won Super Bowl. Like, it made – because they were knocking on the door before, but, like, everyone's like, okay, yeah, now we understand why the Sean McVay thing, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Like, the okay, one-year yeah. contracts, but, like – Yeah, yeah, it it, make, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, especially when it comes with Dak. Like, he's so good, and he came – he was good out of nowhere. He was one of the first quarterbacks where it was like, oh, well, they just don't have film on him. Like, that's why he's so good. And then he just kept, like, proving that he was – he was like as good as he was when he took over Tony Romo in the preseason, but I don't know if the world is ready for a Cowboys uh, Super Bowl, especially not a Cowboys Super Bowl win, just because the fans are so annoying or not annoying, so dug in and like in the fact that whatever the cocaine was in the '80s, like that was the Michael Irvings, the Emmett Smiths, like the things that. Like, people just can't quit it. Like, I know it was a big right. in the African-American community uh, with the Cowboys. That's why you see a lot of uh, black Cowboys fans around the country just because it was so beautiful and cool. It was like the Miami Dolphins. Uh, not Miami Dolphins, excuse me. The Miami Hurricanes yeah. uh, back in the day. Like, I understand the swag of it. But, like, it's it hasn't been cute for a very, very long time. No. Uh, man, I'm now I'm trying to think of which... 
which fan base, and I, I, I think the answer is actually pretty easy to this because the first thing that jumped to my mind when you said the thought of the Cowboys actually winning the Super Bowl would be that would be nationally like one of the biggest stories that could happen. And for sports yeah. media people, like, God, the Cowboys in a Super Bowl is catnip. You would watch yes. this. You would watch this industry get back to like pre two thousand eight levels of just untouchable financial viability. The one that I thought of that would be as big brand wise, but infinitely more chaotic locally, would be if the Knicks won an NBA title. Like, oh this, my god! Because then you'd watch New York burn. New York would yes. actually burn. Like yeah. with the Cowboys, there'd be no physical ramifications. It wouldn't be like a college thing where you saw couches burning. If the Knicks won a championship, it would be like a college <laughs> level celebration going on in New York City. There would be people outside the window I'm sitting in front of just like setting off fireworks. Um it it would be it would be insane. I I don't know. I think sometimes with these um divisional rounds like the storylines are so good that I'm like, oh man, I wish this could just be the Super Bowl. Like the, you know, Bengals and Chiefs, I mean, not division, divisional or championship um, rounds is like the Cowboys with Dak playing the Niners with out of nowhere Brock Purdy is so fun that I feel like that's Mm. a teaser of if either of these teams that are still in our minds so legendary, um, can make an actual run in the playoffs. That's when you're going to start. Like, I do think that sports media, we're just, it's going to be chaos and it's going to be so fun. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. Let's, uh, let's keep, let's keep hoping for it here. Uh, someone make a push. Anyone, please. We beg of you. Um, speaking of sporting events, Charlotte, one of the other things that I saw come up on your timeline during this game was noticing who was in attendance for Hmm. the Tampa Bay and Dallas game. And there was a booth that was, were all of these people in one booth, Charlotte, or were they in separate ones? Because I know Tom Cruise was the person I saw them feature on the broadcast, but there was, there was John Daly there too. Yes. John Daly and, um, Hulk Hogan. And I was like, wow. Couldn't think of a group of three better guys. Like, I think that they probably have the most lawsuits per athlete in... I mean, Tom Cruise isn't an athlete, but he basically yeah. is. I also think... I think Tom Cruise is their recruit. Someone someone responded to my uh, tweet and said, Tom Cruise out there crutin, hashtag Scientology. And I was laughing so hard. Hey, ABC, like, always be crutin. Yep, always be crutin. Always be crudin. Well, that uh, sparked uh, an idea from you. We do top five, bottom five here usually every week. A bunch of our Tuesdays recently have been undone, either by illness, the national championship happening, a bunch of stuff. And so we have adapted that on Wednesdays with our friend Charlotte Wilder. So instead of doing NFL top five, bottom five today, we have decided to repurpose that for the NFL's top five, bottom five celebrities that you would like to be in a box with at a football game. So, again, not just celebrities you want to see there, but, like, these celebrities you're going to potentially interact with. You don't know them going into this. You're coming with a different group, but you're in a large box, and these are going to be people there that you either would just be seeing in there, potentially having a conversation with, full-on tying one on and having a bender with, becoming lifelong friends with. Any of those as possibilities here based on what we saw uh, coming out of Tampa, which, boy, if there was a celebrity trio indicative of Tampa – that might be the group that you mentioned there. Um, Charlotte, since this was your idea and since you were the one that brought this to our attention here, do you want to present your top five first? 
Yeah, I have two things to say about my top five. One, um, as soon as I said it, I realized I put way too much pressure on myself because I know that there are people I'm not thinking of and it's going to drive me insane. Um, but it's also, I had definitely have the weirdest list. My And it's also a list of someone who would have those glasses that separated in the middle. Um, so I'm just going to start us off and say uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> I See, I feel like she'd be a blast. Like, Yeah. I once DM'd her on Instagram when I saw she was in New York and was like, hey, if you want to hang out, let me know. And then... Charlotte, how long ago was this? I think it was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a grown adult. And you just lobbed one jail these ways. I was in my thirties. <laughs> wow! You get a response, or how? I'll say this like this: Obviously, you didn't get a response. How frequently did you go back to check if you got a response? I was really embarrassed for like two days, so I checked for mm. two days, and then the mm. embarrassment was to the point where I was like, I just can't look. Oh, I shouldn't. Yeah. Have, I can't believe I just said that on a. Podcast. No, it's great. I no, mean, it's, it's honestly. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, we need to clip this and tweet this at Julia Louis Dreyfus <laughs> and ask her what the hell? Who are you to ignore our friend Charlotte when she's Maybe trying I to invite you her. out for a nice night? I can't remember if it was that I tweeted at her or that I DM'd her, but either way, I like actually the crazy part. I thought I had a chance. <laughs> you had done the math in your head. It's Charlotte. like, all right, I got a blue I check mark. Like, like I, I can do this. I was Charlotte. like, we would have so much fun. I was like, I really think we'd get along. I think she would enjoy it. And that's when I realized that I was an insane person. It's a little bit of a be careful what you wish for situation there. Because I don't know if you would have been a, a good host there. Because I feel like she's, I, I'll say this, on the Letterman rap party. Because I was working at the late show with David Letterman when the show retired. It was her, Chris Rock, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and I think and I think Jim Carrey all in like a little group, and they were all just looking at her killing it. And she was the smallest of all of them, and she was just like, and her husband was just kind of like in the way, like in the like in the wing, just kind of watching. Like Charlotte, I don't know if you want them problems. Like she's she's real deal. No, no, no. But that's but that's what I want. I want to be. I want to be in awe of like the wit of this person hanging out with them. I want to. I want to be so nervous about every word that I say because she's so funny that I can't even talk. Mm. Wow. That's all right. If that's your first person, I'm Punch excited to hear the, the rest face, of this Julie list. Louis <laughs> Hit me with a shovel. <laughs> Run me over oh with your gosh. car. <laughs> Oh, all right. Number four. Right. Anyway, Woo. Uh, number four, is Steve Martin. All right, yeah, great. No, no, Mike, that's a great pick. That's, yeah. no, that's a great he, pick. Thank you. Um, one of my comedy heroes. Also, all my dad wanted for me when I was growing up was to be a writer on SNL, and so he made me read Steve Martin's um autobiography, Born Standing, Born Standing up. up. Brandon knows great incredible stuff. book. Yes. Um, God, this list just gets, I'm like, <laughs> number three <laughs> is Gary Oldman. <laughs> no, it's not. Jesus Christ, no, it's Charlotte. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, I've been watching a lot of Slow Horses, incredible show, and then I watch a bunch uh, of interviews with him, Gary and he Oldman? seems delightful. 
She I Oldman. So all, all it makes me think of is the TikTok trend that's been going down of people dubbing the Batman sound. I never said thank you, and you'll never have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn it. I know. Um, I didn't. I I wanted. Now he took a long time to get his Oscar, but the way he received it, as if he should have been damn been had it. I didn't. I didn't, I took him off a pedestal after that. But uh, you know, this is your list. After Gary, what? Gary Oldman. Uh, he won an Oscar, right, for Tinker Toe, Tinker Taylor, Tinker oh, Taylor oh, Soldier oh, Spy. Oh, oh, oh. And you didn't yeah, think Tinker he Taylor deserved Soldier it. Spy? No, he he does he does he thought he deserved it way back, and, and he kind of he was kind of he kind of had an air about him in, in accepting oh, I it. I, mean, I didn't appreciate it. I mean, I I'm sure I could that. find any reason of any of these people not to. Maybe yeah, of okay. Of course, of course. If Gary Oldman doesn't end up being as fun, I'll praise him with Austin Butler because I just watched Elvis, and that's an incredible performance. Shout out to Gary um, Oldman I'm, as Sirius Black, by the way, my favorite character from the Harry Potter books. I thought he did a very, very dutiful oh. job playing the role. He's un- unbelievable. Oh. Also, watch Slow Horses. It's an incredible spy show, and then you'll do a Cockney accent. Just for fun all the time. It'll be really fun for everyone who lives with you. Um, fourth is Quinta Brunson. Um, she's someone that I actually think we maybe could be friends if you're listening. Love Have it. you sent her a Quinta. DM yet? No, 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 no. I was going to say this first and then we'll tweet this at her and then I'll be like, hey, so you, I love comedy too. I think you're a brilliant writer, blah, you know, and see if she responds. Um, yeah. And number five is Dolly Parton. I mean, Ooh. who would who would dispute Dolly Parton? She's the life of every party she's ever walked into. She's she's I like that. an Amer. Oh, I should put Jennifer Coolidge on my list. Oh wow, very like honestly timely, but also timeless. Yes, maybe like maybe replace Gary Oldman with Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> Charlotte, I think for the sake of the good time in this booth, that's probably a good idea. Because I okay. think I think you need one party starter, and I am very comfortable I in saying Jennifer Coolidge I, will be the party starter. Yeah, I knew I was forgetting the obvious one, and it's Jennifer Coolidge. So can somebody else go? Because now I'm, th- I'm thoroughly embarrassed myself. Mike, it's an incredible. I'm not ready. It's an incredible. It's an incredible start to this exercise, Charlotte. Um, Number five is sort of like the president emeritus for my booth on this one because I don't think I see him at nearly as many sporting events, but he used to come to Notre Dame games back in the day. Vince Vaughn. Like, Mm. for people of our era, I think that's more of the guy. He would spend a lot of – him and Owen Wilson would come to Notre Dame games when we were good. Um, That's incredible. After we lost the national championship, I was in the lobby of the hotel, very sad with my family, and someone patted me on the back walking by and said, hey, keep your head up, great season. And I looked, and it was Vince Vaughn. It was the only thing that, like, snapped me. I, I literally, I'd been oh. there super bummed. I looked at my parents. I was like, oh, shit, that was Vince Vaughn. And I couldn't fully appreciate it because, you know, Alabama. But yeah, it uh, he just, again, seems like a pretty easy hang, pretty good time overall. I like that. Love it. I think he might be like weirdly, he might have gone off the deep end a little bit. Oh, really? Has and he become... So, I think he might have a little bit, but I I don't know that that's for sure. Oh. I'll look into it and get back to you. I was going to say, yeah. all all of these are uh, are patent pending if we find out that this person... I always said I need Your a data... problematic fave. I need a, de- I need a oh. database of if someone's done something recently problematic to stop me from doing something like this. So you if know that, what? for the if, sake of this exercise, if, let's let Vince Vaughn be like wedding crashers era fun. If he's gone off the deep end somehow, go. then I'll sub him out with Will Ferrell, basically the same type. And you know, 
I don't I don't want to judge people by their skin tone, but it looks as though his torso isn't getting enough oxygen, like enough blood flow. Like he looks like he's he's very like he looks moist. He <laughs> does. He looks okay, moist. Okay, Mike, what's your next one? <laughs> also, um, I just want to preface yeah. mine by saying I didn't realize that we were ranking them. So mine is a chaotic order that I didn't I love plan. It, Sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. You know what? And just for uh, safety's sake, cover my ass on this list. Number five is now Pete Davidson because I need to know there's going to be <laughs> someone yes. there. Yeah. Again, he's just <gasps> at every sporting yes. event now. Like, unfortunately, I'd have to worry about, like, am I going to end up sleeping with Pete Davidson before this is done? I don't know. It's possible so for all of us. Yes, it'd be an honor to be a notch <laughs> on his belt. So uh, Pete Davidson now takes over on this list uh, after some mild Googling. Number four on this list, uh, in the interest of having a party starter, Lizzo. No one more fun. Uh, yeah. No one that's going to bring the right amount of energy to that setting. Because often sometimes those boxes can be a little bit stuffy. And you want someone who, again, is going to walk into that box as if it's their own living room. And play some flute that'll piss off people and dance on everything. So it'll be a great time. Uh, shout out to Lizzo. Dynamic. Uh, she is a chameleon. Number three on my list. Uh, this has been... Uh, a member of my top three dead or alive dinner party for years. John Stewart have oh. always, yeah, have always wanted to meet John Stewart. The daily shows very own someone you'd probably tuck off with at the booth and have a little bit of a conversation, but you know, big sports fans certainly dialed in on that front. Going to offer a lot to the party there. The last two are the real powerhouses. Number two, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Obviously wow. very hot on the you, sports I team. Could right. see, I'm not just I'm not just puffing you up or whatever that saying is, Mike. I am I could see you being like legitimate friends with Ryan Reynolds. Charlotte. I don't know where that comes from, but like I really genuine I'm like you're not friends with him already. Much like how me saying the snap off glasses thing was the meanest thing I could have said to you, this is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Because Ryan Reynolds it. seems like he is the coolest. And obviously that's not just because him and Blake Lively are super close friends with Taylor Swift or anything. Just generally seems like an easy hang. Uh, tied up you know, with sports. Obviously, Wrexham FC has been a huge you know, celebratory point for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But again, comfortable in an owner's box or in a box at a sporting event too. Awesome guy. His role uh, in Blade Trinity is one of the greater tour de forces of on-air cussing I've ever seen. Like Samuel Jackson levels of on-air cussing. And I just feel like that bodes really well for our interactions in real life. Which brings us to number one on my list. Without question, hands down, the number one celebrity I would want in the booth for a variety of reasons that really need no explanation here. The mayor of Flavortown, Guy Fieri. Oh, I... I did forget somebody. Yeah. I oh. I feel like he's the all-time quarterback for the best-built box. Man. Uh, he is, but he's just like – he's like a staple in all the boxes, though. Like, you're not surprised to see him when he's – you know, like, there's a little bit of, like, when you see somebody, you're like, oh, my gosh, can you believe that person's here? Like, he's always there. Like, yeah, that's, but that's, that's so like where he about lives. It, is that he's not too – he wouldn't be too up his own ass to, like – talk to you and have a good time because he does this all the mm. time he's like he's like he's like the bar mitzvah party starter mc of sporting event boxes i i my greatest super bowl memory ever was when the super bowl was in indianapolis i ended up at a vip at a club with guy fieri and his crew and it was like <laughs> guy fieri LaShawn mccoy 
and a bunch of random NFL players in there. And all I remember was, one, guy in his group being very, very kind. His manager actually hit me up and ended up sending us a bunch of shirts after of, like, whatever guy's clothing line is, which were great. He was cool. But I just remember being in that VIP because at that point I was still in college. And so we were in there. And all of a sudden, one of the very wealthy NFL players, like, threw up this was not a strip club but just threw a bunch of money up into the air and i was like oh man this is crazy and then just like bent down to tie my shoe and picked up some (laughs) what what bills were they they were singles so it wasn't as fulfilling but it was the thrill of the hunt (laughs) more than anything okay i've talked about going to super bowl in san francisco before there it was with fox and one of our producers was going up to meet up with the rest of the suits at like the top floor of whatever. I think it was uh, International. I think that there's the hotel and there's like a big bar at the top. And we went up there and they were like, oh, we're going to meet up with them and like hang out with them tonight. And I was like, I had just started working there. I think I was like eight months into the job. I was like, I don't belong with these people. We got up there and at this dinner of high rollers was all the suits at Fox and then Guy Fieri. And I was like, I'm going back down to my room. Like, I'm not, I didn't even me? like, I ghosted the situation. Like, I backed out. I was like, I don't, I'm not, I don't need to be here. Like, this is, Wait, this is y'all. You punted on a Guy Fieri night? Yeah, I wasn't ready for that, Mike. I wasn't ready for that. Why I was, was he a, there I, with the executives? D- listen, that's what I'm saying. He's he's everywhere. He, that's, why, that's, why, that's what I'm trying to say. You know what he like, is? seeing him ain't that special. He's like the celebrity Holy Spirit. Like, you know that spot where it looked like you were just alone getting chicken tenders for the third time in the box? Oh that was when gosh. Guy Fieri carried you. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. fair. Yes. Yeah. Brandon, you now, have your top what, five? I do. And one thing I feel like you guys are missing is just like that that retired baller. Like there's Ooh. something about the retired baller being there that is that is that's special for the rest of the group too. Because like, oh mm-hmm. like the celebrities have to say, Did you see this person is here? Right? And I don't know if this person gets that, but they are, they get that from me. Now, he may allegedly have killed someone, but Ray Lewis, like, I would love if Ray Lewis was in the box, because, you know, that's just my Ravens, like, big fan. Big, he's he's a good guy. I love him to death. He got in a lot of trouble. I don't know if you guys remember when OBJ did the, had the oh, pizza yeah. possible oh, yeah. line thing. Ray Lewis went on, I may have told this story in this podcast before, but Ray Lewis went on Fox, I think it speak for yourself, I was working for him at the time, and said that Odell Beckham is getting away from God, and that's his problem, and that's his <laughs> issue, and he, needs to get, he, he grew up in the church, and he got away from it, and he needs to get back to it to get, to get right. 
Now, if you've been paying attention to OBJ, he has been pushing his religious agenda a little bit more. Anyways, when I saw Ray Lewis just randomly uh, at in the studio, I told him, I was like, hey, people giving you crap? Great take. I love that take. He need to get back in a book. He need to get back in a good book. And he dapped me up. He's like, Brandon, I knew you. Like, that's what he thought. I was like, yeah, boy, I got you, Ray. I got you, Ray. And also, like, there has to be somebody that people are afraid of there. Anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> Bill Hader. Ooh. Oh. Bill Hader. Because, wow. I, I mean, he's, he's just, like, such a human. Such a wonderful talented human like he listens actively like he's just yes. and also just very talented and like can say the thing is like you go home repeating like can you believe he said that Ooh. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. in a conversation he also seems to have this like inherent sadness about him where he actually he needs he like yeah. wants to talk to normal people because he's so sad and celebrities make him sadder Yes. Does that mean invite Bill mean Hader to, to your box because he's got an inherent <laughs> sadness that can only you know be satisfied I mean? with Norman? No, yes, yeah. I do. Charlotte, I, I I saw it as there has to be someone there who's so famous and people want to talk to them, but they actually don't want to be there. Like they feel uncomfortable because I feel like the other celebrities will like cling to that. Like, oh, I got to make Bill Hader feel comfortable. Like, let me talk to him about Barry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Um, coming up next, this may be a little bit too same, same, not at all. Kevin James, my hero, okay? Hell yeah. You gotta have the real sports fan there as well. Like, the real sports fan celebrity there yep. as well, who's, like, in the shits a little bit. And he's just, ugh, when you talk about physical comedy, I mean, have you seen his airport uh, TSA bit from 2003? Woo! No. So good. But I'm about so to. <laughs> but, no, just Kevin James, big fan. Uh, I would love to meet him. That's the one that's kind of like what Mike's like. I actually just want to be there so I could like get him well, in my phone. And book. Kevin James seems like he would be the easiest hang of all time. Like you want to talk right. about a celebrity that would just be un- like the universal solvent into whatever friend group you've got, especially around a, around a sporting event. There's no barrier to entry for that guy. He's slapping you on the back. He's over there saying, hey, let's let's do shots. Come on, you guys. He'll get, get all your friends over there. But yeah. then he'll also like you'll see him when no one's looking like helping an old lady get through a crowd or something like that. Like he's not doing it for the camera. He's just doing it because that's Kevin. Yes. And, and he seems like somebody like if you hit it off and you make him laugh a couple times. You're in his next movie in some way, shape, or form. You're in his next movie. And as someone who used to live in L.A. and had accidentally impressed some celebrities, you get invited to the next party if you if you do well enough. Brandon, you know, it's, it's a, Brandon I could see think. I could see them making Paul Blart Mall Cop Three a buddy comedy <laughs> with you and Kevin James. Ooh. You would you'd play a great Mall Cop, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. Oh, oh man, you could bribe the shit out of a segue. That started out of an opposite joke is like the mean thing I can say to you, but now I can kind of see it. I can see you in a helmet yeah. on a Segway. Oh, my gosh. I have such a welcoming smile as well. Um, <laughs> but moving on, this person is not that famous, but they do like sports, and, and the camera would love to see them. Barack Obama. I would love yeah. to see balling-ass Barry. He's not that famous. I, yeah, that was, that was, was a little just... sleight of hand. Oh, okay. He's that like... was a sleight of hand. I was throwing you guys oh, off. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. he's 44. I didn't think of Barry O when you said not that famous, so you got me. Yeah. 
Bury your 44. Yeah, I think I would love to see him in a, uh, in a box because, you know, just rubbing elbows with him. And then maybe Michelle will be there, which is like I probably should have had her on the, on the list uh, off top. But then lastly, guys, pulling up the rear. Last but not last, Drake. I, Brandon, oh, I'm not kidding. When I was putting together what? my list... I was looking up, like, I was just looking for, like, to jar my memory, like, pictures of celebrities at games, and I saw Drake, and I went, God damn it, Brandon's going to have Drake on his list. I know it. Uh. Well, Mike, I'm just saying he's probably going to be at this Super Bowl because Rihanna is performing, and oh my because God, of what and he's Kanye still shooting has said. What well, Kanye has done since then, they're not doing run, run This Town tonight with him and Jay-Z. I think that's scrapped from the list for uh, Rihanna's playlist. And I think it's going to be filled with more Drake songs. And I'm telling you, the top boy from the north, Toronto, I, I feel like he's going to be in AZ for the SB. But that doesn't mean I want him in my I, B-O-O-T-H. <laughs> Why not? He's like, just, Drake, he's, I am so anti-Drake. I am so anti-Drake. Why? Why? He does creepy shit. He was like DMing Millie Bobby Brown when she was thirteen. Like you don't do that. She was a famous. She was famous. She was famous. She was famous. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. What do you mean? Like my biggest problem with him is I feel like he would just be trying too hard the whole time in the booth. Like obviously, like whatever team he adopted for that game, he would be cheering way too hard for. He would be like rubbing it in other people's faces. The fandom that he adopted minutes ago here, it just it seems like all Which, of it would be excessive. That could though be a great bonding agent for everybody else in the booth. Thank you. And that, to be as like someone... this guy, like to imagine Barry, ima- imagine Barack Obama being like. Are you seeing, like, turning to him and being like, is Drake serious right now? And you can be like, oh, I know, it's so annoying. And then you and Barry O are just bonded yeah. for life because he talks shit know. about Drake in front of you. Ugh. The amount of, like, daddy issues that could be up there, though, like, it could make for great conversations. We're talking about a guy who grew up with a Jewish mother. Mm-hmm. And his, his father was a, a failed musician from Memphis, Tennessee, one of the blackest cities you could ever go to when it comes to just music and sonically and things. Like, I, the, the dynamic... And I just thought this Barry and Barry with Bill Hader and, and wow, Barry's damn, damn. I, I mean, Drake would just like- Drake would make a line off of that night. You know what I mean? Like we would get yeah. mentioned in some way or shape or form that, later on. That's in probably the biggest advantage to having Drake in the booth is you would one hundred percent be a part of a later used lyric. One hundred immortalized. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, at Gojo Show on Twitter, uh, if you've got any that we missed there, if you've got anything that would be better, or if you want to give us your top five celebrities to be in a booth with at a sporting event. I won't even say just an NFL game, a sporting event. Um, with that in mind, though, guys, time to wrap this thing up the right way. Ask Brandon the important question since he's already what? sung happy birthday in theory today. We now get to ask you, uh, Brandon, what time it is. I thought, I thought, I thought, I know that took a long time, but I wasn't like ready ready but i guess if if we must we must since we're talking about rapping and whatnot hmm. y'all know what it is boom 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 (laughs) 
ready for action, nipping in the butt, we never relaxing, Gojo is everlasting, not clashing, not at all, see my friend with to do a little puking, and I see everyone asking, giving one passing, drip, drip, dop, there goes the orgasm, now you're coming down the side of your face and tap it right into your memory bank, thanks, so to clear the ticket to see your feet felt fasting, trunk rattling, like two minutes in the back seat wrestling, speaker rock, bride baby tackling, found like aluminum cans in the back, and I know y'all want it wilder Wednesdays, can you feel that B-A-S-S, but, and I know y'all want it wilder Wednesdays, can you feel that B-A-S-S, but, I guess that in the park. I just said in the third. Ooh, I just said in the third. I just said it. I just said it. I just said in the third. I just said in the third. Wow. It's been a banner a couple of days for you, Brandon. That's been a banner couple of days for you, Brandon. You know what these make me feel like? I get so into it. That these feel like the weird Zoom parties in the beginning of the pandemic where you're like <laughs> just like hanging out with your friends and like, but nobody does it. But I'm like, I get so amped up. I could like run through a wall after you do this, that, and the third thing. This was 100% <laughs> me. Serious. This I can't is 100%. Sleep now. It's like, <laughs> biggest compliment up. ever. Thank you. Sharp, yeah. man. I Charlotte's messed it up a little bit, but Brandon, you know what? Again, what what few what little error occurred in there is far outweighed by the gift that you gave us all there. That was my little John and T Pain versus battle during the pandemic. It got me through a time and I thank you for it. <laughs> Serious, I got so drunk in my kitchen Ooh. listening to that. If you got drunk in your kitchen listening to Brandon Newman, uh, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell him what a great job he did with that. And guys, speaking of kudos for a job well done, let's get to this. This, that, and the third for anyone new. Three quick stories that we end the day on here. Uh, Maya Moore announced her retirement officially from the WNBA the other day. Obviously, Maya Moore, who had stepped away from basketball to, you know, the story well publicized for anyone that hadn't heard it, to step away uh, with uh, work in prison reform that ended up with Jonathan Irons, who had been convicted for burglary and assault, uh, to get him out of being wrongfully committed. The two of them ended up married, and a story that really took on a, a very different life in so many ways, but she had stepped away from basketball since then, and now announced her retirement officially for one of the more storied careers in any sport ever by any person here. Looking at the resume, four-time WNBA champion, one-time finals MVP, one-time WNBA MVP, six-time All-Star, five-time All-WNBA first team on the 20th and 25th anniversary team, the 2011 Rookie of the Year, four-time AP All-American at UConn, and two-time NCAA champion with the Huskies here. This was an incredible stat that I saw that for high school, college, the WNBA, and Olympics, her combined record was 491 and 78. No way. I can't, that kind of greatness is like hard to wrap your head around. Yes. It, like, I, it's one of those things you hear, you're like, bullshit. Right. Like, but she also, did, if she you're around, you she know. She basically doesn't know what it's like to lose. Yeah, she, and obviously, I, we watched, I mean, uh, the 30 for 30, her breakaway, and the, the story between her and her now husband, and uh, the long-standing relationship that they had over years, and then her parents', her parents work 
um, in prison reform. It, it really is special, and it wasn't just her. Like uh, her teammate Renee, Renee Montgomery was uh, was uh, motivated and moved by her, and obviously everyone was uh, moved in a specific way in that 2020 time with um, everything that was going on with George Floyd and all the. All the just it was just bad. It was really, really bad. But she was a bright spot for a lot of us. And it was one of those reasons like, oh, if she's doing this, if she can walk away from being the like arguably one of the best WNBA players. I know we just had the the seventy uh, fifth anniversary, so everyone's kind of doing their their like top like number one you know WNBA player. Like she walked away from an amazing career for her life, and uh, just for her to officially retire, like one of the greats. Yeah, it's cool because, like you said, this moment also gives everyone time to officially give her flowers on this mm -hmm. front. So much of her leaving the game was, for all the, all the reasons that you mentioned, I don't want to say complicated in that it was like cumbersome or bad, but just that it involved so much more than basketball. And we obviously shifted a lot of focus and conversation around her because of that. But, man, it is also one of those staggering moments. There is nothing more damaging to my frail ego than finding out someone who's accomplished so much is my exact age. And seeing that mm. Maya Moore was 33 years old depressed me in ways that I was not prepared for. I know. When I saw the Rookie of the Year in 2011, I was like, this brings me back to something earlier in the podcast. Mike, you said that Brandon had kept his son alive during the year of his life that he is most dependent on him. I would argue I was I was more dependent on my parents the year right after I graduated from college than I was when I was <laughs> one year old. And Maya Moore is out here yeah. being the Rookie of the Year in the NBA, at WNBA. So shout out, shout out to one of the GOATs. I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable career. Oh, I, I want to correct myself. I said 75 years. I don't know what I was thinking about. Oh, the NBA. NBA was 25 years. Yeah, yeah. 20, 25 years for the WNBA. Yep, yes. which, again, another list that she was on because pretty much any list involving women's basketball at the highest levels is going to have Maya Moore's name etched somewhere near the very top. So congratulations. Also, yeah, such a great sports name. Maya Moore. Ooh. Like, Ooh, oh. yes. Never, yep. yes. Not too, yes. not too polysyllabic. Um, yeah. You know, starts Strong, with the same letter. Alliterative. Oh, love it. Alliteration is the word that I could not remember. They, it starts with the same letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that old chestnut. Um, the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, let's get to that here. Um, this happened the other day while we were uh, missing the show because I was sick. Uh, CJ Stroud, the Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback, officially declared yes. for the NFL. 
after a pretty lengthy period where there was a lot of people speculating about him actually returning to Ohio State. There were, you know, unfounded but whispered about rumors of a potential NIL package that was probably being put together to try and keep him in a Buckeyes uniform. But he ends up, after playing his best game of the season and the last game of the season, even in a losing effort, heading towards the NFL where he's going to be in a conversation for the number one overall pick, at very least going to be in the conversation of a top five pick. And I would have been stunned. Like, I get we're throwing around money now in college sports that's different than ever, but it ain't like the money that's waiting for you over there. Like, the only sell I could have seen was you get to still stay in college for a little while, which, as people that have been out of college for a long time and everyone always says, like, hey, stay as long as you can, if they're also going to pay you, that's a little more enticing than it would have been beforehand. I, I just, when I heard about people talking about, like, maybe he'll stay for this NIL deal, I was like, is the NIL deal worth $20 million? Like, what are we talking about? Like, what math are people doing here? What car dealership is going to put up NFL-style money for this kid? Because otherwise, there's some part of this that's, like, either completely under the table or it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I couldn't even fathom it. So I'm really glad that he's... I'm glad he declared. I'm glad he's not risking injury for another year before he can get that major money, hopefully. But how much it did leave, it did leave me thinking, how much money would it take for me to postpone my purpose and my greatness for a year? Like if somebody was like, you can go do this thing that's going to help you forever and it's like where you're going to be and where you want to be for a very, very long time. But just one year, like what's that number? Well, but. But that's the thing, is that it would have to be not only where you want to be and where your career is going to be, where you're going to get the most money. Like, right. there, it would have yeah. to be like triple the money to make me stay and not go get the money. Like, I'm not saying money is everything, but although, I'm saying money is a lot. You have to think about the inflation that comes with moving to real <laughs> life, because anyone that's ever bought drinks in a college town will remind you <laughs> everything there costs less. So if you're getting three quarters of an NFL salary in a college town, you're essentially God there. I couldn't imagine making a seven-figure NIL deal living in Starkville, Mississippi, or South Bend, Indiana. I, I mean, I would have Waterville, been, Maine, dare I say it. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I promise you, in South Bend, if I had come into that kind of money, I mean, I would own Finney's. I would have made sure that Fever never closed. I would have revitalized and gotten Vesuvio's, the pizza place, up to health code so it could have still been serving students today. I would still, to this day, own multiple parts of that town. And so the prospect of that, maybe be able to go back and ball super on a budget in a college town, does offset a little bit and have to be factored in there. Yeah. Columbus is, like, enough of a place, though, that, you know... It is and like, and Charlotte, you made the right points. Like these aren't contracts. So you don't technically get like the injury guarantees that come mm. with that. And for all the people that yeah. want to talk about the insurance policies, there's a well-documented history of those being very difficult and complicated to actually cash in on. So, uh, CJ, even if you're not going to be the King of Columbus anymore, and even though you left, like, don't let people give you shit about the losing to Michigan <laughs> yeah, twice thing. You're about job. to be richer than all of them. Rub that in their face. Yes. One real quick football question for you, Mike. Are we looking at Ohio State's quarterbacks differently since the success of Justin Fields? So, as I've always pointed out, I thought the label of Ohio State quarterback in the NFL and thus untrustworthy property was always a bad idea because all of those guys are, it's not like it's the same quarterback with the same skill set every time. That's even running the same offense. We've seen 
in the amount of time we've been getting Ohio State quarterbacks coming out into the NFL, they've run a variety of different offenses. Even under Ryan Day, you know, the same offense they've run for C.J. Stroud isn't the same thing that they ran for Justin Fields or for Dwayne Haskins before him. So, uh, no, I, 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 I don't There's think there's been enough trans. They've been, uh, some of the great ones though have become wide receivers in the league. Like we play with twelve prior in the All American game, and then but like, Braxton Miller. Like, but think about how long ago that was. That was multiple coaching staffs ago. Like, it's not just some scarlet stain on somebody that shows up at the next level and says you do not know how to play quarterback. Like. No, everyone's taken on their own merit here. There were people that wanted to do that with Justin Fields year one in the NFL and in year two because he was able to will himself Mm -hmm. out of a situation that was so bad otherwise, protection-wise, that he looked really great. Now we're willing to kick it to the curb. Like, no, it's a reminder that it's really hard to make a transfer to the NFL no matter what great school you play with if the organization's not ready to give you the support you need in the right ways. Hence, Trevor Lawrence, who's down in Jacksonville and had to deal with one of the things that people would probably look at as a good, sturdy part of Ohio State winning, and that was Urban Meyer for a long time. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I talked so th- to Craig Krenzel this fall, talk, speaking of Ohio State quarterbacks. Another great name. Yeah, really great. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, guys, let's get to the third. Uh, this was an interesting story, but not for the reason it's going to sound like on the surface. Uh, Live Golf is apparently close to securing a television deal for this upcoming fall. Not with any of the normal network partners that you would assume. They're actually nearing a broadcast deal, according to Front Office Sports, with the CW. Ooh. Yeah. My c- network. Charlotte the Charlotte Wilder. Charlotte. Anytime I hear, anytime I hear the CW, I'm like shout out. Uh, I just thought, look, this is a great opportunity to make some money. That Let's is true. Podcast live. That is true. Human rights. I mean, listen. At this point, Phil Mickelson just basically I, just full disclosure. Yeah. I don't. I don't own the CW. If anybody out there believe that, I don't. I. I don't. And the human rights part. I want to. I want to meet right. the one person right. listening to this that thought <laughs> in that moment. They're like, "Oh man, Charlotte Wilder. She said she hadn't accomplished much by thirty-three. She runs the CW. What are you talking Look, about?" Look, I'm. I'm gullible, Mike. I want to protect other gullible people. So, but I. Okay. Before we get into the golf of it, Mike, the the CW. We're old enough to remember when it was UPN and WB. Yes. Wow. They they merged together and became the CW and then started this this uh primetime soaps run for a very very long time so much so that we got a chance to watch the Vampire Diaries. Shout out to them and all the spin-offs that came from it, but they've been a force ever since they've they've merged the uh, the uh, uh what is it? J Frog, Michigan J Frog uh and just kind of put his hat up cuz with the WB. You guys remember that? Oh yeah. The, the frog yeah. yeah 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 hello my baby hello yeah i don't know i just <laughs> the cw is is making a move that may keep them in business for a long time so brandon my only pushback on that because when i was doing my research into this because as front office sports uh front office sports points out the cw as far as audience reach has 37 affiliated na- uh 37 affiliates nationwide uh, stations in five of the top 10 U.S. markets and reaches an estimated 100 million U.S. households. But I have to question how viable the CW is anymore when upon further research, did anyone listening to this know that they had revamped Legends of the Hidden Temple? No. 
I, for years, have been campaigning for people to bring back the old Nickelodeon game show, Legends of the Hidden Temple, one of the greatest young game shows of our time. Absolute fire. And they've done it. They've got a show where adults are competing on Legends of the Hidden Temple. It is the straight-up, uncut, unfiltered version of the game that we loved as kids, and nobody fucking noticed. Do you know how bad your network's got to be for nobody to notice when you brought back Legends of the Hidden Temple? Like, what a failure, PR-wise, advertising, on every level. I can't forgive this. We would have gone on it. Yes, and I still will, by the way. The CW, did I, did I say not great? I meant, listen, perfectly fine, <laughs> totally capable broadcast outfit that you call us. But seriously, how? I That's insane. That is one of the more mind-boggling things I've ever heard. Well, marketing is bad, which is kind of it, hand-in-hand hand with Live Golf, right? Maybe that's, their, maybe that's what CW gets out of this. They get the Live Golf marketing arm. To then, because God knows, yes, the Live Golf tapes. has marketing money. That was that was what I was thinking of, and why I was like looking up, like, oh, what other shows are on the CW? Because you know, a part of every broadcast on like a network is, and coming up after the game, you've got oh, you know, yeah. like you know, the afternoon window on <laughs> CBS is famously called the sixty minutes window. So when you've like when you're going up to the end of those games, you're getting right up to the ticker. This would be, and coming up next on the CW, season three of Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> Did you guys see, it's like one of the only decent SNL skits of the past 10 years, um, but it was maybe last year they had Joe, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you know, actors impersonating them, and Joe Buck had to say, and then, and then coming up after, don't forget to, Sorry, let me start that over. <laughs> You'd be like, and on Tuesday at 7.30, don't forget to check out uh, Fox's new show, Crazy House. And it just gets like weirder and weirder. He's like a show about a puppet who lives with two girls. And like it just get it, it snowballs <laughs> into like the weirdest possible. Anytime anyone said like even last night or tonight, whenever we were watching the Cowboys Bucks game and Joe Buck now at ESPN said, uh, you know, and uh, don't forget on the Thursday of Super Bowl week, NBC will be broadcasting NFL honors. And Tyler and I looked at each other and went, and now, and don't forget crazy house. <laughs> like it's all, anytime I hear an announcer plug something, I'm like next week on crazy house. Anyway, can't wait. It is that ridiculous though. Can't wait to watch it's crazy good. house on the CW coming up after the golf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, by some measure, may be considered a crazy house. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel so you can see my weird hotel room background, Charlotte's wonderful new background that she has trotted out for us today, and Brandon's special party hat. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Boom. Money in the bank.